Hello and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. I'm your host, Ashley, and on the other end, as usual, in the wonderful city of Berlin, is Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I am tired. Uh, <laughs> We're both really tired this week. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm great. Thank you very much. How are you? Tired, through completely Yay. different reasons to you. <laughs> yes, this has not been a good week for either of us. Um, so... Uh, we apologize in advance if our enthusiasm doesn't quite come through yeah. for some of the things we're going to be talking about. Um, Someone starts what, snoring all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to be talking about then on this week's show? Let's try and be enthusiastic. Uh, we're going to recap the music we've been listening to over the past few weeks. We'll also talk about more computer game soundtracks focusing this week on Life is Strange. We're going to submit some songs to the Desert Island playlist. And we'll also be speaking to a very special guest for the second time on BPM Pod. We're going to be talking to singer, songwriter, and all-round lovely, lovely lady, uh, Lisa Akua, who uh, took the time to speak to us about her upcoming album, Outgrowing Nymph. And uh, we'll all hear from her a little bit later on. But first, I have a correction or an apology. Um, And... um, and, and I, there's no nice way to say this. So last episode, we talked about Edgar Wright and how great he is. And yeah. he is wonderful, wonderful director, fine. Knows how to inf- like intertwine music with film very well. Fantastic. No complaints. And we talked about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And um, I then decided to go and rewatch it in one of my sleepless nights I've been having. And I did not like it at all. Huh? I know. Now, I don't know if it's... I wasn't in the right mood, and I am really, really tired anyway. But what is my wife doing? We're going to leave this bit in now. (laughs) She's walked in with a bicycle helmet on. (laughs) Okay. She's going to the pharmacy. So if my kid wakes up, that's when we have to stop, and I'll go and put her back to sleep. But... um. So I watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world and yeah, I just didn't like it. I don't know what it was. The style of it. I really liked, I really liked this blended computer game style. Cause that's kind of how I imagined I was when I was a teen. Like, yeah. you know, I was walking around and these like computer graphics were everywhere. Kind of like I was in a comic book or something. I liked that a lot and I liked the music in it a lot, but I don't know. Something just didn't sit right with me. The whole fight in the evil exes just, I used to find it fun. Now I kind of found it weird. Yeah, I, I used to think Michael Sarah's character I could sympathize with, and now I just think you're a dick. Like, and yeah, I don't know. Something just was weird about it. I think I think I get what you're saying. Uh, I think my love for the film comes more from, yeah, from from special or well, certain moments and more of the style of it, not the, not Scott himself. Mm. Because mm. yeah, you're right. He is. F- pretty full of himself right <laughs> and a bit of a creep as well yeah like crazy and, and, and that's what my wife said to me she was like maybe you've just become more ma- more boring and mature you know so like this film that you did like you probably appreciated more at the time because you were maybe more similar to that like at the time yeah whereas now you're like well i don't really empathize with this anymore like that isn't that doesn't really fit with me so well maybe I don't yeah. know. But no, um yeah, I didn't really like it so much. But anyway, that that was my uh 
apology. That's Chris. fine. No, I'm it's sorry. fine. <laughs> I, I want to like it, but um, <laughs> it's not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. How's your pizza order going? Oh, I haven't ordered yet. Okay, go um, on. So Chris is getting but, hungry. We're recording oh, this am. at quarter past twelve. And I've been to Sunday. the gym this morning, so I haven't had anything solid to eat yet. <laughs> a humble brag there. A humble brag, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been to the gym, bro. <laughs> how, much, how much do you bench, bro? Oh, hang on. I can I can tell you in kilograms. Are you using oh, kilograms God. in Sweden? Yeah, yeah, we use kilograms here. Yeah. Okay, it's uh 72 kilograms. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. I'm aiming okay, for the 100. <laughs> I can bench like 10. So, so, that wouldn't uh, even be the bar because the bar is 20 okay so I can do 20 Woo. yeah there you are <laughs> not great um, but there we go so what are you ordering on your pizza what does a crisp pizza look like um, this is I, so non-music related <laughs> <laughs> I can sing my order <laughs> um, we have we have found this this place uh, um, um a city, a city, one city away from us. Man, my English is worse this week than ever. But um, it's actually, a, I think, an Indian place. Okay. They 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 sell everything, right? From <laughs> from pizza to soups to uh, stuff with pasta to meat to vegetarian everything. But I like their pizza so much, and I'm usually not a salami guy. But their salami pizza is so delicious that I'm always ordering. Just a fucking boring large pizza salami with cheese crust. Nice. So new huge revelations here, but but it's so delicious <laughs> that I can't help myself. And it's cheap. Uh, How cheap is cheap? Hang on. It has 30 centimeters in diameter. Is that the right yeah, word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's seven euros. Wow. Nice. Not bad, and right? they deliver it as well? Yeah. Well, so adding we cheese get a- crust is two fifty on top, so nine fifty. Okay. But it- are we going to get a call midway through when it arrives? I think I'll I'll um I'll I'll I'll, I'll say to them that it, they should deliver it an hour from now. Oh wow! Right. Wow, you've so- got some willpower waiting for a pizza for another hour from now. <laughs> the protein <laughs> shake is still doing its job in my in my tummy. <laughs> in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> in my tum tum. <laughs> Makes me feel good in my top drop. Yeah, <laughs> in, in my gains. Um, I think I had chicken on top. Oh man, I don't I'm, even eat meat, but this does sound good, dude. I am. I'm not a that much of a meat eater anymore. I think eighty percent of my week is vegetarian by now, but mm. on weekends I tend to go for the salami pizza and uh, sometimes with chicken on top. I don't know, man. It I just, never liked a salami pizza, but like a barbecue chicken pizza. Oh my god, I'd still go crazy for that now. Yeah, actually. Dude, yesterday we went to uh, Chris Opus's uh, um, place because he had birthday and we were invited. Oh, nice. And Chris and his wife are vegans, and so mm-hmm. we ate all vegan all night long, and it was awesome. Like mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend is kind of a vegetarian, pescatarian. She eats fish sometimes, mm-hmm. so I'm used to eating vegan and vegetarian stuff. And but it was this was excellent. I Does he like... play his theme music every time he enters the room? <laughs> no, he did, he did not. Dude was a punk in his youth, like German oi punk stuff. And that's what the whole evening was running. <laughs> yeah, not my thing, but. Uh... Uh, 
speaking of wrestling tunes, though, you've completed your wrestling tune for um, someone else now, right? Hell yeah. But before that, let me complete my order at first. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the pay button? I'm sorry. Do we leave this stuff in? Should I hum something? No, I'm going to leave it in. I'm something Italian? Is there something really racist Italian? That's Mexican. <laughs> right I made it worse. <laughs> right now, underneath this segment, there will be some. Uh, oh, you should. Music. The Godfather. Yeah, something like that. No, you're thinking of the uh, old YouTube clip where the guy puts a tortilla on a vinyl player and it goes. Dude, do you know the the clip where it's just a waffle falling over? No. Why would I? It's hilarious. Hang on, I'm I'm going to send it to you. Why the hell? I love it so much. It's a six six second clip. Where should I send it to? Via WhatsApp. Waffle falling. I'm yeah, and then it's, it. and it's the first video. It, Ten million views. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Hold <laughs> on. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Uh, so we are now going to uh, listen to from the power of my telephone a waffle <laughs> falling over. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's funny. <laughs> No, it's not. It okay, let's do it again. See if it gets better. The thud is kind of cool, though. Yeah. Okay, it's pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sample that and make a kick drum out of it. You were writing yeah. another, after your whole uh, Berlin is not Amring um, gig, you got talking to other wrestlers, and one of them sort of asked you to write write you a tu- write them a tune, and you did. Yeah. We did. It, her name is Lady V, and she his her sorry her whole character theme is like a bit of a Poison Ivy Batman DC Comics thing. So yeah, she asked for something with rock music and a, a um, like an intro that is quiet. So I did that. I love uh, doing commissions. I think I and I rarely say something like that but i think i might have a talent to really like focus in on 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 a certain expectation a client might have uh i've mm. never had a client before who was like nah you didn't really get what i was going for and i yeah i'm pretty satisfied with how this thing came out like we did a and props to my drummer benny who totally got my riffs and you need a good drummer right and mm, mm. he he got what I was going for. Like when I when I program drums for a demo, that's it's usually usually just a four four on a hi hat and a kick and mm-hmm. a snare and that's it. And like he he slowed it down and he, he like really gave it some thump and weight to it and turned out great. I'm super satisfied. She was super satisfied. She loved the song and especially the lyrics so much that she named a move of hers after a lyric portion uh, that I wrote. Oh wow! Yeah, what's uh, that? Can you remember what that bit is? Yeah, she said her submission hold. What is that? What is a submission hold? Submission hold. Yeah, it's when you hold someone and they tap out eventually. All right. So she named that poison kiss. Best in 
you up, tears you apart Now kiss your mind goodbye And if you dare to cross her path She greets you with a smile Then proceeds to make you suffer for a little while The venom is, that's what she is Surrender now, a poison kiss upon your lips Don't you breathe that's what she is Surrender now A poison kiss upon your lips The last thing you will see Lady V She was happy with it then. Really she was, happy. She was really happy with it. And yeah, we already have the next guy in line who wants some music for. Oh, and who's that? Um, I don't actually know his stage name yet. It's The Rock, Dwayne yeah. Johnson. I'll be like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> Hulk Hogan or so? I don't know. Oh, don't do him. He's a racist. Like, Is he? Oh, no. I yeah, do Google that. that. Google that shit. He's, he's not in a good place. Oh, okay. I no, think he apologized, but. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, no, like another dude. I don't know the, his stage uh, name yet. I only know his, um, his real name. And he's going for a very um, melodic, atmospheric metal stuff, like folk metal, uh, oh. ambience metal. So very reverby drums and a uh, tad of acoustic guitars and percussion in there. So I'm super excited to start composing that. That'll be cool. awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, well done, sir. Glad you're finding your niche in a minute, right? In the entrance music for wrestlers. This is wonderful. Dude, I was thinking about whenever we upload uh like uh put out a theme song for a for a sports guy a sports gal a wrestler we shouldn't uh release it under the name weinhardt but under weinhardt like in whey protein (laughs) 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 yeah maybe not that one i don't like so much (laughs) (laughs) what have we been listening to this week chris what have you what's been uh filling the space between your ears now you start because I have a weird one. Is oh, okay? okay. I'll start. I've got loads this week, so I'm going to cool. run through them very, very quickly. Um, been listening to a band called Travis. You might remember them from the late 90s, early 2000s. Very big with the song Why Does It Always Rain On Me? Why Does It Always Rain On Me? Is it because oh, wow. that one? Uh, Travis. So, the very melodramatic folk music. Um, a lot of people compare them to Coldplay and I have no idea why because they are so much better than Coldplay Um, so that really annoys me Um, kind of middle of the road music but I've been revisiting them Uh, they've got some really good stuff out there Driftwood, Sing, Boxes, Selfish Gene is a good song, loads of stuff so that was nice in terms of new music, lots this week had lots of time to listen to it while uh, Ella doesn't sleep so um, Big Feath, Little Things is probably the first track I want to talk about. It's really weird. <laughs> like, that sounds like an awful description, but it's an acoustic folk track with little blasts of distortion and feedback and a few screams here and there. And the woman singing it sounds like Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac, and it kind of has this Fleetwood Mac vibe to it, but 
it, it reminded me most of well, I think they're called Div, but the band we talked about before, Div. Um, it reminded me most of them, like a bit weird, a bit experimental and strange, um, and in a weird time signature. This track actually has no set time signature, which is one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard. Really good song. Really like it a lot. Uh, the War on Drugs, a band I talk about a lot. They've got a new single out called Living Proof, which is very touching, uh, kind of empty song, actually. Very kind of empty, but it's really good. I imagine driving through the wilderness, listening to it on like a sunny afternoon. It's really nice. Uh, the new album comes out in October, and I'm seeing them in March. Hopefully. Um, I can't wait for that. Uh, it's, it's just a really lovely Lovely melancholic song. Emma Elizabeth, Stolen Love. Someone I saw in 2019 in Berlin at a place called Monarch down by Cotty, and um, oh, that? it was uh, it's right it's right by the roundabout on an upper floor, oh, right. and the whole side of it is glass. So if you stay there all night, you can see the sun come up like over Ooh. Cotty, which is really cool. Um, and we saw we <laughs> you saw can her there. See the used needles. Yeah, exactly. Like people vomiting kebab, you it's know. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so serene. Yeah, people getting shot, you know, other stuff. Um, and <laughs> she did this. I hate Cotty. It's the worst part of Berlin. Like, really, I hate it yeah. so much. Um, but I saw her there, and she was great. Uh, so she's got a song out called "Stolen Love." Very good. And last one. Uh, I told you I've been listening to a lot. This is one I've mentioned before on the podcast. Maggie Rogers, who I really like more acoustically than her studio-produced stuff. It's poppy and carefree stuff that a 21-year-old girl is totally targeted to listen to, but I unapologetically love it. So um, she's she's great. Um, and totally check her out. She's a really cool woman, 28 years old. from I think she's from Nashville, and she does some wonderful acoustic sets. I actually prefer them to her studio stuff. So um, Maggie Rogers, Light On. It's about two years old. Very, very good. Would you believe me now If I told you I got caught up in a wave Almost gave it away Would you hear me out If I told you I was terrified for days Thought I was gonna break Oh, I couldn't stop it 
What okay. about you? Come on, you're gonna surprise me, dude. Oh okay. God. What would what what would be your first guess? Do you have well, anything in mind? So surprise. So it's gonna be something that I would not expect you to listen to then. Yeah. Ever. I have. I already have gotten shit for it. <laughs> it's not Taylor, is it? No. I, I don't. We talked about Taylor Swift previously, and she's fine. It's not yeah. my sort of music, but it's fine. Okay, so it's not Taylor. Um, Miley Cyrus. Oh no, I like Miley. Oh, okay, good. She's got Taylor. an amazing voice. I just don't Dude. like her music. Hell yeah. But um, okay, so it's not. So they're not embarrassing. Okay, so it's more embarrassing than that. <laughs> I don't think it's embarrassing, but just for at least for the stuff I usually mention in this podcast, it's pretty out there. <laughs> The Teletubbies. Oh, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> but should I check them out? <laughs> Did they release a new single? <laughs> I don't know. What I uh, okay, last one. Okay, uh, last one. I'll give you a hint. Go on. You have to think more towards the Eastern Hemisphere. Okay. <laughs> Where is the Eastern Hemisphere? Are we talking <laughs> Asian now? Yeah. Okay, so Japanese, I would guess. I, no. I gave you one hint. <laughs> oh god, it's not BTS, is it, or something like <laughs> yeah, it's Korean K-pop? <laughs> oh no! Oh god! Yeah. Okay. Oh god! <laughs> okay, so check this out. Um, a colleague of mine showed me. Uh, you better the, have a good good explanation for this one. Uh, <laughs> he showed me KDA, which is a, a video game band from League of Legends. And I have no idea about League of Legends. I honestly never played it. Not once no, in my life. No, I just life. get lots of YouTube ads about it. But And and KDA uh, with the song... What's the song called? I, lo I love that one so much. Um, KDA. Popstar. Um, so it's basically just an anime figure K-pop band. And I like that. The production value is so amazingly insane. Everything about this video looks cool, sounds cool. So I spoke to this colleague again and was like, I love that song so much. I would like to learn more about K-pop <laughs> and uh, widen my gaze. Yeah. And I've been listening to Blackpink for the last week pretty much every day all day long. And I even I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I even started to watch a documentary on Netflix because I'm so fascinated by this whole, well machinery is that the right word for it there's so much shit going on in this in these k-pop camps where they train these people these people uh the boys and girls and dude they have like 14 hour work days where they learn to dance and sing and act and they don't get to have boyfriends and girlfriends they don't get to have tattoos or they don't are not allowed to drink and smoke and everything so everything is fabricated but mm, the stuff mm. that gets put out is of such high value quality wise it's just I, do, I cannot help but to be inspired by it, it just in terms of production value like every, everything is so pitch perfect every mm. fucking note hits right where it should hit I don't want to know how many vocal takes these guys are doing just for I, I can imagine every single word is comped out of another take just to make it sound that perfect and that good and just so fascinating like the complete opposite of how me and you grew up playing in garages nirvana covers you know what i mean mm, mm, mm. no i mean it's 
So Blackpink, I don't know very much about. I'm googling a little bit about them now. I know they're a massive girl band, but that's about all I know. Like I don't don't know much about their history or anything like that. And I mean, I find the K-pop thing really interesting from a sort of social perspective. I guess like it's so interesting how people have flocked to this genre, which yeah. musically, I don't think is very good, but. But the actual production value of it and the sort of fandom around it is incredible. Like, and I don't really know where this has come from uh, exactly. I mean, it's not a new thing. K-pop, I think, has existed for quite a while, but yeah, not quite to this level. Years. Not quite to this level of influence. Like, in, and that I find fascinating. Like, how has this taken over the world? Kind of. I don't really because it is very manufactured and not particularly original, but it's. I don't. It has people almost like worshiping it, and yeah. I don't, that I find fascinating. Like I yeah. don't know how that's grown, but um, no, it's good to expand your horizons. I'm not going to judge you for that, right? <laughs> a good musician shouldn't discriminate what they listen to. Same in a good writer or reader shouldn't discriminate what they read either. Yeah, but but I think, wow, I just think my Spotify uh, look uh, like the like the year. Take a look at your year of listening habits. Is going to look very strange. Well, that's going to be our mission next, to find either an upcoming K-pop artist or someone who just knows a lot about it yeah. and talk to them. Because that will be such a culture clash. Us two, unshaven, unwashed. <laughs> smelly. Smelly <laughs> rock people <laughs> talking very <laughs> ignorantly <laughs> to, to someone who's probably very clean cut, professional, knows a lot. And we're like, yeah, rich. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Think of all the views and listens we're going to get if we put K-pop in the fucking head in that. Fuck Come on. yeah. For, on a completely non-monetized podcast. Yeah. But, all you know. those fucking sheeps out there. <laughs> <laughs> all those pigs. You What's eat what to... we give you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right, moving on. What's still coming up on the show today? We're going to go to the desert island and submit our songs there at the end, of course. And we'll talk about... Um, a game soundtrack coming up in a minute. Um, but first, before we jump there, let's get into the main meat of the episode as we talk to Lisa Akua. We spoke to her about her upcoming releases, what she's been doing since we first spoke to her on BPM Pod, which was about 18 months ago, uh, almost two years ago. She was one of the very first guests, what's been happening in between times, and some of her inspirations and what's sort of getting her out of bed in the morning to write music these days as she makes a journey in her words to become a serious musician rather than just a hobby musician so this is what happened when we caught up with lisa
So our next guest on BPM Pod is uh, kind of an early, early bird to the podcast. Someone who actually agreed very early on to allow me to come and talk to them about absolute nonsense. Um, and we had a lovely time talking about this style of folk that I believe is called sort of intro folk. That's kind of folk music for introverts, which is a really nice way of putting it. And remember, we talked a lot about Irish influences on music and being vulnerable on stage and having this authenticness to what you do and the songs you write. And it was a lovely conversation. And I think maybe from that description, you already might know who the guest is as we welcome back to the podcast, the wonderful Lisa Akua. Lisa, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you very much. Now, you got in touch with me first to say, as I said just before we started recording this story as well, um, do we take repeat guests? And I said, well, yeah, we do. Chris is always here. So we have repeat guests all the time. And we would love to talk to you again. And then I started searching around and checking out what you've done. And I'd kept a bit up to date. We've talked about you before on the podcast as well with a couple of songs you've released. And then I thought, wow, she's really changed a lot. So in the last sort of 18 months, what what has been your journey? Because last time we spoke, it was you were writing the song Bubbles that you've just written after a story that you told there about a girl stealing a kebab or used to taking a kebab or something along those lines. And you were in the process, I think, of recording it. But now you're sort of about to release your debut album. So what's happened over that in between these two events? Loads has happened. Um, firstly, my life has changed quite a bit because I've decided that music will be kind of the chosen career path for me, which at the time it wasn't. At the time, music was still kind of like the, I don't know, semi-professional hobby. Um, but especially Corona has shown me that you need to pursue your dreams, as naff as it sounds. Um, <laughs> But I kind of want to do it. And um, the feedback that I've gotten over the past two years to my music and the singles that I've released actually support that decision as well. So, um, yeah, I've recorded my debut album, Bubbles is on it. Um, and hopefully I'll be releasing that um, early next year. Album's called Outgrowing Nymph, right? Yeah. What's the story behind that title and stuff as well? Um I don't exactly remember how it came about, but for a little while I was planning on recording an EP with about five or four songs on it. And I had a pretty shitty name for it, something like Yet Another Chapter. And people kept telling me that really doesn't sound as if you like doing this very much. <laughs> so I was like, okay, hmm. but what songs could I put on it? And then I just um, started drinking gin with my best friend and we were talking about all that. And then it actually turned out that I want to do an album. And um, I've been becoming obsessed with dragonflies in the last couple of years. I got a dragonfly tattoo on my arm now and I just find they're the most beautiful insects and they're so mythical somehow. They're a bit like elves. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and they have all those different stages of their lives where they start off as a tiny little, very disgusting insect and then they wrap themselves up and then they're in this nymph stage and after that they become a full-fledged dragonfly. So um, outgrowing nymph pretty much just means that I'm outgrowing a certain stage of my life to become the person that I want to be or the person that I'm meant to be. Mm -hmm. 
Nice. I like I like the amount of thought behind it. Good news yeah. for you, by the way. Because of climate change, they actually think there will be more dragonflies in Europe now. That's great. So, so uh, good news for you. I was reading <laughs> that the other day. <laughs> Isn't that an uncomfortable truth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also get warmer summers. I mean, you know, come on. You know, it isn't all bad. Okay. Well, I know it is. It is all bad. Um, but the albums. So the album's going to come out early next year, if not the end of this year. What was your previous song before this? I think we we reviewed the other week, Dancing Trees, but that was a little bit old now. But I think there was another one out called We Will Pass. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's pretty new. Yeah. And um, what's the story behind that song? So, yeah, I, I wrote that song last year just um, as lockdown started because at the time my partner and I were stuck in Chile, in the desert. Um, we were meant to be there for two and a half weeks. So he's from there. So um, it wasn't actually a problem. We were staying in his father's holiday cabins in the most beautiful place on earth, Pisco Elki, if anybody wants to look it up. It's where they grow the grapes for the Pisco spirit. Um, and we stayed there for initially two and a half weeks, but then it turned out we couldn't leave because all our flights had been canceled. Um, and um, just before everything had been locked down, the town was already pretty dead, but um, we still managed to get into a an astronomical tour because there's literally no light pollution around there because it's in the middle of the desert. It's in this little valley um, in just, yeah, just bordering the Andes. And um, you can see the stars amazingly around there. It feels as if the Milky Way is falling onto your face when you look at the stars at night. And we... Um, and got into this astronomical tour with an actual astronomer who has really good telescopes and stuff. And he told us a lot about the stars and the light of the stars and how long it actually has to travel until it reaches our eyes. And that by seeing that light, um, we're actually looking into the past. Mm -hmm. And I found that thought so interesting. And it also put so much into perspective because there are so many galaxies, there are so many stars, there are so many stars that look tiny from here but that are 10 times bigger than our Earth. And um, it made me realize that we don't matter at all. If the Earth stopped existing tomorrow, nobody would give a shit. Nobody would care because nobody's there to care. Or if there would be someone who could care, they're just too far away in order to know that we even exist. And somehow I found that thought so comforting. Yeah, right. You're one of the few people I agree with. Chris, I can already see, is like, no. <laughs> Dude, I came here to talk about guitars, not to cry. <laughs> well, I wrote the song on the guitar afterwards. No, but, no, but cool. I totally agree with you. Like, I'm, I'm very much into uh, some well, basic astronomy stuff, but I've always found this thought that you're kind of alone in the universe, actually incredibly comforting. Hmm. Um, because... To an extent, it doesn't really matter what the fuck you do then. Just exactly. kind of do what you want. Like, well, within reason. But, you know, just just <laughs> enjoy yourself. And, like, it, it's not going to matter yeah. in the grand scheme of things, right? It's like a blink of an eye. Yeah. So, And that actually helps as well, making the decisions for your life. Just do what makes you happy and stop thinking about, oh, but I have to pay into my retirement fund. And mm -hmm. I... I want to save as much money as possible so I can retire comfortably. And then you die at 45 and all that <laughs> money goes to waste, you know. So I'd rather just live. 
sort of like sonic inspirations for for the music you've been releasing because it's very chris you put it really well like the roomy but intimate i think you saw something like that like mm. I, I can't remember chris put it in a very good way but very ambient but also very close like it, yeah it's... so so like a bit dry but also very like yeah ambienty shoegazy droney but not as if you're a mile a mile away from the from my ears <laughs> So, yeah, a cool mixture. Yeah, I think that's mostly um, coming from the brain of the producer who's been working on my music, Cameron, from the famous Gold Watch. Um, he's extremely talented when it comes to understanding music and hearing all those sounds in his head. And um, when I was recording We Will Pass, I showed him a song that I really liked by a Danish band called Kentara. Ken Tower, I don't know how to pronounce it. They don't, they're not active anymore, but I, I don't know how I came across their music, but it's incredibly beautiful. And they use a lot of droney, very bassy sounds. And then one of their live versions of a song, they have a very screechy violin in the beginning. And I thought it sounds so beautiful and so ethereal. And I wanted that. So I showed it to him and um, my friend plays the violin with me occasionally so I asked her to record it with me and then he just made all that and he's been giving all my songs this really cool atmospheric slightly psychedelic sound and that's just because he understands my music really well somehow mm. and I really like that style is that the kind of feel that you're going for the rest of the album as well some of it um, it really depends on the song because some of the songs are very personal and intimate so i wanted to keep them that way um but some of the others are yeah a bit more like that but we went quite experimental on some of them as well and just like threw lots of samples at it and just had a look what came out in the end and do you always start with vomiting lyrics onto a sheet of paper or is there <laughs> or is there sometimes the melody first um it usually starts off with the guitar chords. Um, I start playing out, playing the guitar chords or um, sometimes even after I've learned a new cover because I'm very shit at knowing the names to chords and like knowing how to play the guitar in general. <laughs> so That's two um, of us, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so I learn something new on the guitar and then I just play around just putting one of the fingers elsewhere and see how that sounds and maybe moving the fingers up the fretboard um, or the neck of the guitar. And um, in the end, there's like this progression that I like and I just play that over and over again and I start humming a melody and um, then it usually just starts with one word. 
but often I go in it with like maybe a sentence or a fragment of lyrics in my head, but I wouldn't write them down because I don't want to limit myself. Who are you listening to at the moment in terms of who's, where are you getting your inspiration from? I wouldn't even say listening to, where are you getting your inspiration from artistically? Hmm, that's a very good question. Um, my musical taste has always been, well, no, it's not always been very broad. When I was 16, 17, I would listen exclusively to hard rock and metal. So that's changed a bit. Um, at the moment, I listen to a lot of um, All Them Witches. They're an American um, mm -hmm. psychedelic rock band. I adore their stuff. His voice is so good and their lyrics are so weird. And yeah, I just really love them. I keep putting all their albums in my Spotify queue and just listen to them over and over again. Um, and then I've learned to appreciate electronic music quite a bit now, but electronic music that's mixed with um, kind of traditional folk music from different countries so there's this um, Chilean band called Matanza and they it's quite dark electronic music but they have um, traditional instruments and traditional melodies and very traditionally influenced lyrics as well it's very musical like I wouldn't really go for the stuff that's just beats um, mm. but I like melodies and I like interesting melodies and they have a lot of that mm inspiration i don't know where i get my inspiration from i never do it just happens somehow that's also fine we talked about that before like sometimes i think if you question it too much it's like questioning a magic trick and it just yeah. kind of becomes not enjoyable anymore anyway so i think as long as you have that magic and you don't know where it comes from just ride it right yeah like and i don't want to be too influenced by other artists because i don't want to be a copy Want to, mm. like it's fine to have um like elements of other musicians i hear a lot that i sound a bit like dolores O'Riordan from the cranberries um but i guess that's mainly a voice thing but maybe uh, even my inflection in the melodies might be a bit influenced by her style of singing um but yeah i don't want to be too inspired by other artists because i still want to be myself. gigging then and getting back out so you've got a new album coming out i guess yeah. now things are 
I think slightly better in Berlin than here, at least. Um, are you planning to get back out touring and gigging? I hope so, yeah. Um, so I'm really hoping to find a booking agency that will um, book me a tour for next year. Um, maybe March, April would be nice. Um, because I I don't really know how to go about booking, to be honest. Um, hmm. Most of so us I'd don't. Really, <laughs> I'd say ask, you should ask Chris, even I'd then. I'd really like um, to have someone who does that for me, you know, and I'm just like, okay, you take your cut and I'll just go play. Speaking about your live shows, we talked about it a bit before we started recording. You said that you are going to have a kind of band <clears> around <throat> you, so you're not playing your songs on your own. And when you're talking about that your producer adds a lot of stuff to your mm -hmm. music. So how are you going to translate that into live shows? Solely by adding more band members, which is cool, or adding backing tracks as well, or just saying, fuck it, I'm doing it on my own? So generally, I would just be playing by myself, unless my friend who plays the violin feels like playing with me. We usually do this very spontaneously. For, for the gig next week, um, We have been rehearsing, so I'd asked her before, do you want to play with me? And we should rehearse because it's a big deal kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but in general, I would just play by myself. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, because I know that playing live will always sound differently to recordings, and I'm fine with that. And um, the sound that I'm going for with recordings is not necessarily the sound that I want to go for when I'm playing live. It's both me, but um, playing live for me is mainly just me playing the guitar. Um, but I felt that playing on that stage at Cassiopeia next week um, that I kind of had to deliver, especially mm. because I'm the singer-songwriter category, which is mostly, most singer-songwriters just play by themselves. <clears throat> but all the other artists are bands. So I thought it might just be a bit flat if I'm just on stage by myself. So I asked my friend who plays the violin to play with me and also my boyfriend to play the electric guitar. They're both on the album on various different songs. So the violin that you hear on We Will Pass is her. Mm. And um, yeah, we try to recreate some of the sounds on the recordings, but not everything, obviously. Oh. Um, but for example, on Dancing Trees, on the recording, I did this kind of like whaley sound um, between the choruses and verses. And if I try singing that, it'll just completely throw me off with a guitar because I don't know how to, like, I can't really get that high without focusing a lot on hitting those notes. So she's doing those whaley sounds on the violin, for example. I know what Chris is dying to talk about because mm. he talks to everyone else about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about gear and um, with it with the singer songwriters it's always uh, not harder but you, they tend to use only well only they tend to stick to their guitar and their microphone but the question is if you had to pick one or two pieces of gear that you can't live without that you will never record without in the future which pieces would that be that's hard i mean of course my guitar my guitar is my baby it's a taylor gs mini Yeah, I, I mean, I do have a nice kind of um, audio interface. The thing is, I don't really know how to use it yet. Like, that's... I know how to plug it in, and it, yeah, you can hear me now, and I can hear you, so that's well, It does its job, right? <laughs> that's yeah. a good start. Sure, but I don't really, like, I haven't really gotten around to 
doing home recordings hmm. that much yet. So um, I haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, but I think I would have to say if there is something that I really can't go without, it'll be a tuner. Right. Good, another good one. Yeah. No one said that either. So. Yeah. Don't worry. The other week, someone said their laptop. Um, yep. And I was like, actually, that's a great answer. We're like, how did we not think of that? <laughs> <laughs> a tuner. Yeah. So gigs coming up, album out 2021 to 2022. Once you, in your words, get your ass in gear. <laughs> so uh, that's coming soon as well. Uh, where can people find out more about your music, Lisa? Where's the best place to keep up to date? Well, the best place is definitely my website. That's pretty new. It's uh, lisaakuamusic.com, just all in one word. And there's a li- there are links to Spotify, there are links to my Bandcamp, photos, all the videos are there. So it's a one-stop shop. Hang on, let me get a something to drink. Yeah, <laughs> let sure. me get a Go something to drink. Go for I, it. By the way, I'm recording your voice as well, so I'll be hearing everything you're going to say right now when I'm leaving the room. I'm gonna be listening to Blackpink, don't worry. Hell yeah. Hmm, okay. Listen to this. What's he what's he gotten into here? Probably awful, isn't it? Am I allowed to put this in the podcast? I mean, we tread a very fine line with using music in here anyway. Let's see. Okay, I don't, I don't get it. I'm pretty sure I'm breaking. I'm going to get K-pop sued now. Can just see it coming. So it's not in English? Okay. I, I don't get it. But I can't. I can't even get through that. Wow. Which one were you listening to? How you like that. How I don't like that. (laughs) Cheap gag. But, uh, uh, man. Okay, we need to speak to someone about this because that was actually hard for me to listen to. And it's not, I think it's not even that different from something Nicki Minaj would put out. No. I was just going to say. So centralized, right? It's. if it weren't for the language, which which shifts to English every other word, there's literally no cultural difference in there. No, I don't know no. what that says about music and culture mm. in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on to something about culture and music. Chris, mm. tell us about your computer game choice as we go to 8-Bit Wonderland.
I've chosen Life is Strange, the first game. And uh, Before the Storm to some degrees, the kind of 0.5 uh, game towards the first game. So it actually fits our topic this week with Lisa of singer-songwriter and acoustic stuff with a bit of ambiance in there mm -hmm. because loads and loads of Life is Strange's original soundtrack, we'll get to the license one a bit later, is very acoustic, folksy, uh, and dare I say hipster music style stuff mm -hmm. because the whole game centers around a girl that is pretty much a self-proclaimed hipster and art student. She's studying photography at a private college in Oregon and a lot of acoustic guitar singer-songwriter stuff can be heard and it's super, it's really well produced. It sounds awesome. It's just, dude, they fit It fits the tone of the game so, so much. Not that I have been studying in Oregon, but I, to me, it sounded and feels like very authentic. The game gets pretty dark. It has. It was released in various episodes, and five episodes. And the first episode is like weird because you get all this <laughs> how teenagers are supposed to talk right now stuff uh, mm -hmm. with uh, dated jokes and movie references and uh, yeah, all this hipster stuff. And then there is a time travel element introduced, and from there on, it goes batshit crazy with like really heavy stuff from drug abuse to rape accusations to suicide teenage suicide and everything so hardcore stuff but always handled very well like very mm. carefully and very respectful and mm. that's cool mm. I, because nobody was expecting this after the first episode the first episode was like everyone was like what what is this it's It's about about college students and and partying and acoustic guitars and time travel and all of a sudden it does, some girl is missing and she might be I don't know a rape victim or something what happened to her so yeah um that's yeah so much for the story but as, apart from the like the original composed soundtrack there's also a licensed soundtrack mm. um. The main character, Max, is her name. She she actually listens to her own music uh, on her on her um, whatever iPod or something like that in in mm. several episodes. Or the radio is playing, and they licensed actual songs, um, most notably from a band and solo artist called Sid Matters, and he's the dude who also composed the original soundtrack stuff in the game. Mm -hmm. um, Jonathan Morali is a French singer and composer who composed the original score for Life is Strange as well as some of the licensed stuff. Hmm. Um, the what Actually, one of my favorite songs of all time, and I'm going to add this later to our very special playlist, is hmm. called Obstacles. And I think it was released five years before the game uh, like it was announced. And it fits the tone so well. I find it very interesting that you can use older songs, 
like niche songs that haven't been very popular for a new kind of media or a new product mm. and it mm. suddenly fits so well as if it was written for this Won a lot of awards. I was just checking now for score as well. Um, song original and adapted, original score mix, best original score. It's yeah, quite a few, and was nominated for a lot. Best original score again, best audio, yeah, like best soundtrack by PlayStation Magazine. Loads of stuff. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty respected. Uh, other songs that are on there that have been in my playlist since release would be uh, Mount Washington by Local Natives mm. and Message to Bears with Mountains. Yeah, so so much, so much good music and it fits all the tones so well. That's the whole thing about Life is Strange, all the games. I think the new one was released yesterday, which was the it was September 11, 2021. And they always have this, like, their main character has their preferred choice of music and music genres in the before storm um which is the game before the first game actually um the main character is, is like has a punk origin so all the songs on the on the score are uh, like very much punky uh, or in a bit like mm. garagey daughter uh, composed some of the stuff mm. on on before the storm so they are very particular about their choice of music and mm. Mm. It shows. It really shows because I, because I think when you when you have licensed soundtracks for 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 sport games or GTA, it's something different, right? Yeah, yeah. But sure. in a in a story driven game, I think that's very hit and miss. I have mm. to be very mm. careful which songs you're going to because if they would have licensed, I don't know, Metallica's Enter Sandman in a Life is Strange game, they would be well, how how is that connected to any? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I think you've got to be very particular, yeah, um, with it, and you, and especially a game like this, which is more like a kind of, to a large degree, more almost like an interactive film in some description, right? Like it, it's cinematic in that way. Yeah, um, you do have to sort of treat it almost like a like a film score, right? To to actually like punctuate the story. Uh, it's not ju- yeah. it's not just sort of like GTA where yeah okay it's really well put together you've still thought about the time period but it's ultimately just to create a feeling of a time period it's not actually to further a story yeah, so yeah it's a little bit more thought to go into it and it's it just it, it fits the tone so so well I mean everybody has been to high school or to college right there are moments where you just feel like you do not belong there everybody has these kind of thoughts right and mm. the first episode of the game starts with the main character just coming out of class, 
putting on her her earpods her earpods, and the first Sid Matters song starts to play, which is um, American Girls, I think. Uh, to all of you, that's what it's called. And you can like you listen to the song she is apparently listening to, and you, you walk to through the halls of the school. You can observe like the typical the bullies are over there, and the the jocks are over there, and it, it's it's so cliche, mm, but it's mm. also so yeah cliches do come from somewhere right mm, mm. they're cliches for a reason and yeah mm, very mm. very well put together and i listen to it regularly also the, the the ost stuff it's for me uh background listening stuff when i uh, restring my guitars now i need to add it to my list then okay i'll check it out that's a good submission cool for sure thank you very sure. much a life is strange soundtrack i'm gonna check that out for sure. Speaking of things to uh, submit, what's going on our desert island this week to finish off? Maggie Rogers, I mentioned her earlier. Light on. I like that song. That can go there. Or, or uh, Phoebe Bridges. I know the end. I go on about Phoebe Bridges a lot, but as we're talking about Lisa Akura in this episode, um, that's the person she reminds me most of, I guess, is uh, Phoebe Bridges. Um so I'm going to put that one on there. Uh, I Know the End came out mid-pandemic last year. It's on her album Punisher, which I think was my favorite, if not second favorite, I can't remember, album of last year. I love that album so much. And this is the final track on there that starts off very airy and ethereal, and it's uh, just a really great track about the end of the world, quite honestly. <laughs> and it ends with um, Phoebe Bridges screaming lots and lots of noise and just kind of fades itself out with her screaming and stuff. It was very, very cool. And I remember the time it came out was sort of mid-2020. And I remember this is when it kind of felt like for a lot of us, we realized at this point, shit, this virus is not disappearing fast. Like, yeah. this is going to be with us for a while. Um, so it was like a perfect song to listen to at this point because it really was what I wanted to do, which was talk about how the world's going to end and then scream. So um, it really fit really well. So that would totally be on my desert island when I'm contemplating the end of the world and the end of my life on a desert island. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, what about I'm you? I'm going to. Well, it's either uh, that or we're going to have sex with each other, right? On the oh, desert yeah. island. We could do one first and then the other. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard if the world is ended <laughs> to actually do that. But I mean, if I'm distracting myself. Would be from... pretty embarrassing when the world then doesn't end, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, do we talk about that? Or... Isn't that, isn't that an, an Ali G in the house in the movie where they, where his friends fuck each other because they think they're going to die? Well, we decide to do it just as the lifeboat comes along. The lifeboat would have like a search party involving our families on there or something. We'll be like, oh God. <laughs> he fell. It's fine. In the last episode, we were talking about a masturbation radio. Now we're dying downright. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's getting weird. We need yeah. our OnlyFans account. Yeah, we do. Uh, I'm going to add Sid Matters Obstacles to the Desert Item Playlist. It has the th same picking theme all over the song. It just switches a, a chord around, and I like it so much. I think it's just a lovely tune that uh, is very melancholic and 
thinking about them old days we were younger is always a line that comes up uh, hmm. in the lyrics I like it very much nice oh I just well, remembered something I wanted to talk about in the last episode and I think I missed it go for it let's talk about it now to end us off um, another well it's another section of what I've been listening to oh well go on that's always good I've been listening to the War of the Worlds musical oh but man, yeah. and that is okay, that's so, a good choice. So you know what I'm talking about. Cool. What's it? Is it Kenny Rogers? What's his name? Uh, uh, no. No, Kenny Rogers? No. Is it his name? Uh, who do you mean? No, you the, mean the, the, the song the, Forever Autumn, I'm guessing? No, Jeff Wayne's. Song. Jeff Wayne's musical. Jeff Wayne. Yeah, 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 Jeff Wayne. Who's Kenny Rogers? Wasn't Kenny Rogers is a guy who does like songs like Misty. And what's her name? Lucille, don't take a love to town, all this stuff. Kenny Rogers, he's a, a country singer. Oh, right. Okay. I don't know where that came from. So, yeah, Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds is, seems to be the uh, official title. <clears throat> um, okay, this is going to be cool. Because I only found out about it again a couple of weeks ago when I watched the uh, YouTube channel of... Uh, Luke Million, I've talked about talked about him. He's a synth guy, mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. played the famous opening of the album, um, "The Eve of the War." This, mm. da, 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 da. and I was like, "Oh, I know this. Where do I know this from?" And I've I've researched in my past and found, oh, my father has the double album, the musical version on CD, with mm -hmm. the with the German um, like narration, which is oh, okay. Um, and I've, yeah, I, w I went to my my parents' house and I was like, "Can I can I borrow please the, uh, the album?" And I put it on in my car and listened to, and I remember that when I listened to it as a kid, something on there scared me so much. I know what you're gonna say before you say it, but go on because it scared the fuck out of me too. It, it was the, what, the 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 noise, the aliens. Oh my made. god! No, no, don't! It's like nightmare inducing. Is the Ula right? Ula. Yeah, this vocoder thingy. And I, I, re I was driving to work when I put it on, and it, when it when it when it when it came on, I was getting chills. And it was. Oh, was it's oh. horrible! It's yeah, it's, it's horrible. Jesus, <laughs> that's good to know that it scarred you as well. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> I really, really hate it. Um, I, I still don't really like listening to it now, even though actually, when you do listen to it, it's kind of very dated, and yeah. it doesn't sound it doesn't sound very good. But um, and yeah, you know, it, it's actually not scary when you think about it. But but it is still it's you can oh, recognize it as human, but it has been processed so so far that I think it's yeah, it's unsettling just. Oh my god, here it is. Here it is. Proper. It chills again. Oh my god. It's so horrifying. I yeah. really hate it. Um but actually, now when you listen to it like now, you can tell actually it's just a very nice actually harmonized <laughs> like bit of vocal yeah. that they've then just mixed the shit out of. Um but but Oh my god, it scared the crap out of me. Yeah, when I was yeah, it's so weird. Now I've I've uh, listened to uh, both uh, CDs uh, of uh, yeah both CDs. Genau, uh, genau. <laughs> There's my German again. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's so cool. I have because when I I listened to it, I was like five or six, so I couldn't appreciate it for what it was. And now, with some years of musical experience, I was like, this is awesome, and this is so great. All the synth programming, and I've researched it. And dude, there's like this. There's a whole hype about it to this day. They've mm. re they redid it several times. There's been a version with Liam Neeson as the main character, which he actually performed live. I think there's a virtual reality show in London where you can actually walk through the sets with wow. the goggles on, and it's everything. They did one show where they actually had a, a walker lowered to the stage like they lowered Stonehenge uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, what's it called? What? And, what's um, what called? Stonehenge, the movie where it's... Um, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap, yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, uh, War of the Worlds, Jeff Wayne... Yeah, so cool. I mean, it's a wonderful soundtrack anyway. There's there's someone there that I really love uh, anyway. Justin Hayward, Forever Autumn. That's a really nice song. Like, a really lovely song. Yeah. Um, and um, I guess that's probably the most famous, like, radio played song that was on there. But um, no, it's, it's a very, very cool soundtrack. And I think that, I think people um, have sort of shit on some of the remake versions of it. They sh people shit on the Tom Cruise remade version, for example. Yeah. But that film is genuinely unsettling. Yeah, like, man, the, the really, cellar uh, scene. Like, the, the, the worst one is, like, when they're on the ferry hmm. and it comes up out of the water and then they run away. But in the background, you can just see these Martians massacring people, like, across... Like yeah. the hills and stuff, and then it rains their clothes. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's genuinely horrifying. Actually, yeah, yeah. how is this film at twelve? Like, it's a Sp it's a Spielberg movie, dude. Yeah, and I mean, I know Spielberg <laughs> Spielberg rarely gets that dark, really. But yeah, that yeah. is like proper horror level kind of stuff. I actually yeah. rate that film a lot higher than people do. I actually think it's a very good film. I like it. As I well, think yeah. people just don't like that Tom Cruise is in it, and then it's a very American focused. But um, I don't think it's a bad remake at all. Like, I actually think it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the original unsettles me, man. To the, the yeah. to this day, <laughs> I still don't listen to the soundtrack because it's just fucking horrifying. It's very good. <laughs> but it is good. But wow, that was good. I'm glad we went there. <laughs> So cool. we're going to end this episode with an ooh la yeah. <laughs> to scare the crap out of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for being here as always, Chris. Thank you to our guest, Lisa Akua. And where's your pizza? Uh, should be here in 18 minutes. Of what? Jesus, that's taken an hour and 20 minutes. 18, not 80. Yeah, but it's still an hour and 20 minutes since you ordered it. Did I? I I've, because I said they should bring it around one thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then that's your fault. No, so it's you forty-six it. minutes ago that I ordered it. Oh wow! Okay. Does time pass different in Sweden? It might do. <laughs> and the time pass a different in Sweden. Oh, dude! When I this morning I I listened to uh, some of the last episode, <laughs> and I <laughs> I laughed so much when you put in Swedish chef. <laughs> That was cool. I didn't expect it. It was great. <laughs> That's how everyone talks here. It's an Do accurate really? depiction. 
Yeah, they were all like, <laughs> all the time. Anyway, thank you very much for this, as always. And uh, we'll speak to you on the next episode.